You're listening to Hawk Talk with former Seahawks wide receiver Michael Bumpus. At the 10-yard line, second and eight. Three wide receivers now in motion as Bumpus left to right. Julius Jones with single setback. Matt Pump fakes, looking to the goal line. He throws it into the end zone. Touchdown, Seahawks! It's Michael Bumpus with a diving catch in the end zone. A 10-yard touchdown reception for Bumpus, and the kid out of Washington State has found himself a place on this team. Powered by Seahawks.com. At the 45, waits for the snap. Michael Dixon puts it down. That kick is away, and that kick is good! The Seahawks win! It's good! From 42, the Seahawks in overtime win for the second time in two weeks, and they beat the undefeated, now once defeated, San Francisco 49ers. What a game on Monday Night Football. The Seahawks win in overtime, and Jason Myers does it. What a game. What up, folks? This is Hawk Talk, the recap edition. I'm your host, Michael Bumpus. You heard it from Raves himself. The Hawks get it done down in Cali, Monday Night Football, overtime, resilient group. And like always, we're bringing in the big dog. Big Ray, how you doing? I'm all right, big dog. How you doing? You know, hey, I'm just riding the wave right now, baby, riding the wave. <laughs> hey, so what, I mean, what, what are your initial thoughts from this game last night? You know what, after the game last night, I was trying to really think about, like, what was the defining moment of the game for me. And it really was just how Davion Clowney just took over the game. To me, he was the difference in the game. He was what uh, we were expecting to have when we traded for him. And then that also lifted up the whole play of the defensive line. Al Woods had five or six tackles in the sack. Uh, Clowney had, you know, five quarterback hits, ten quarterback pressures. Uh, a fumble recovery for a touchdown, a sack, fumble. So he really, to me, uh, he really showed every ounce of talent and ability that he has that we hadn't seen yet. And to me, that was the difference in the game. And, and to me, that's what the, you know, obviously the game going back and forth and overtime and then against San Francisco and Richard Sherman and Russell Wilson and all that kind of stuff was all part of it. But for me, the Davion Clowney really arrived uh, in Seattle last night. Most definitely. Did you see any changes in the um, the scheme defensively with the Hawks last night? Well, to me, uh, it looks like they were they're playing tighter to the receivers. They're jamming the box with about eight guys in the box to, to shut down the run game to really make Garoppolo beat them. And if you look at Garoppolo's stats, uh, we are talking about him last night. I think it was three for 17 beyond 10 yards with one interception. Uh, seven of his, uh, you know, 24 completions or were behind the line of scrimmage or at the line of scrimmage. So they really did a good job of uh, limiting him and really exposing, you know, some of his weaknesses. And, and I think that's where the Seahawks made the adjustments on defense. And, uh, and, you know, we did see a couple corner blitzes, uh, uh, Trey Flowers, I think he had a sack. Uh, so they did do have a few different wrinkles that they hadn't done uh, probably since the preseason. And so they, they brought him out for this game and, and they were impactful. I know one of the matchups I was watching, I'm sure you were too, was Dwayne Brown versus Nick Bosa. There were a couple times where Nick got frustrated and spun inside. Do you think Dwayne Brown did what he was supposed to do against that young cat? Man, Dwayne Brown uh, was an eraser last night (laughs) because we didn't hear Nick Bosa's name at all. Uh, He had so much hype coming into the game, and and rightfully so. He was having a great year, but Dwayne shut him down. I think he had uh, three solo tackles and maybe one quarterback hurry. Uh, but that was all for him the whole night. But that, that speaks to 
just how how dominant and how important it is to have Dwayne Brown on this offensive line. The dude uh, just shuts down his whole side of the of the line of scrimmage, and then he also had a good a uh, couple good uh, pulls around to the outside where he led uh, Carson around the edge. So that looks like a healthier Dwayne than we've seen all season. The Hawks did a lot of great things last night. They also compromised themselves a couple of times. Are you concerned with how many times the football was put in the ground? Yeah, I'm, and, and if you listen to the press conference too, Pete was a little frustrated with it. I think that, you know, they since I've been covering the Seahawks, and it's been a long time, I've never seen the ball on the ground this much. And so um, I think it's, it's going to be a concern of theirs going forward. It's going to be something that they're going to address. And, uh, and I'm sure they're going to have all types of drills and uh, 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 ball handling drills and things like that to, to limit the amount of times that the ball is on the ground. Was this the best regular season game you can remember? In a long time, bro. Like, it, I mean, it, I can't say it was the, the most beautifully played game, but with the intensity, with the hype, with the buildup, with where both teams are trending upward, uh, would it have been a divisional game with all the different storylines? Uh, it's been a long time since I've seen a game uh, with that much going into it actually live up to the billing. So the Hawks now are 8-2. and two. Sitting pretty, they control their own destiny. What do you see going forward? Do you think they have the capabilities to win this division and possibly get a bye in the first round? Yes, yes, I do. I think everything is still on the table for them, uh, for the first round bye, for the NFC Championship, for Russell Wilson to be the, uh, the MVP. Uh, and so uh, this team tends to play a different brand of football uh, in November than they do at the beginning of the season. And so I think last night was a, was a kickoff of how they play in the second half and, and, uh, of the season and the way they uh, uh, present themselves in the second half of football season. Overall, how do you think the offense performed last night? You know what, like I'd probably give them like a, a, a B minus. I think they could have run the ball a little better, especially in the first half. They got off to a really slow start. Uh, they couldn't really get things going in the first quarter and, and, and most of the second quarter. Uh, but the resilience that they showed to keep bouncing back, even after Russell's interception in overtime, and to still get the ball down the field for people to to make the necessary catches and make and execute the next necessary blocks uh, to get the ball down into field goal range, uh, you have to give them. Uh, I would give them a B minus. B minus. So there were a lot of moments in this game. Is there one particular moment that just defines the, this Monday Night Football game for you? <laughs> Well, it's really hard because they were going back and forth. And uh, I, I would have to say the, the most defining moment is the actual field goal kick to win the game because that, that could also define the season uh, for our kicker uh, who has been struggling and we're going to need him down the stretch to make kicks like that. So it was a defining moment in more than one way because it defined um, that game, the outcome of the game, and it also may have defined the confidence of, of, the, of the kicker going down the stretch. Last question for you, Ray. Jermaine Effetti picked up a fumble. If Ray Roberts picks up a, a picks up a fumble, are you going to the house with that thing? Well, Mike, there there was one time in my career I did try to pick up a fumble, and I thought I could go to two yards for a first down, and I got drilled out of bounds and refumbled the ball too, and blew out my knee. So my 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 opportunities to run were very limited, and will never ever happen again. Thankful. So pretty much, what does tell Jermaine to get down next time? Get down. Get yeah. Down. <laughs> just, get, just get the ball and get to the ground. All right, Ray. Appreciate you taking time as usual, man. We'll holler at you soon. All right, brother. Peace. Go Hawks. Yes, sir. 
All right, moving along, we're going to get to our main takeaways from this game. And I'm going to talk to my producer a bit today because if you're in the room with this man watching this <laughs> game being played, you have no choice but to be into it because he's into it. So first main takeaway, Nas, the Seahawks can win every game possible, any kind of way, a shootout, tight one, overtime, doesn't matter, they got it. I shouldn't be amazed anymore by this team, but I am every single time. If it's going to be a shootout, like you said, if it's going to be a grind-out game, come from behind, win. If we're playing one of the worst teams in the league, if we're playing the best team in the league, this team is just so versatile. Any environment at CenturyLink, on the road, anywhere, these guys come ready to play. Prime time is not a thing for them. Not team. They're special. They're special. The Seahawks games are not for the faint of heart. The game is usually – Emotional roller coaster. You got ups, you got downs. At one point, they thought they were winning the ball game. At another point, they were down. But that just speaks to the culture and the message that Pete Carroll and his staff brings to the team. Yeah, I mean, it, they start the game, they're down 10 0. They got like five yards of offense in that first quarter. San Francisco has 135 or something like that, right? Then they get up big. Then they're up 21 10, and you're thinking, okay, this game is over. They got this locked down. Then the Niners get back into the game. Then in overtime, you, you drive all the way down, and you think you're going to win the game. Then it goes. So it's up and down, up and down, but when you look at Russell, you look at Pete, you look at the demeanor of everyone on this team, there's never a worry. There's never a doubt. And honestly, I think there was at times on the other side. They had, the Niners had never been in a game like this. With, when, with everything stacked up, I think Garoppolo looked kind of shaky towards down the stretch. Yeah. I mean, and it just speaks to how good Russell and Pete and those guys are. Got a great relationship. The Seahawks D-line played their best game of the season for the first time since maybe the season opener. The Hawks were able to get pressure on the QB with their front four, and I think that is crucial. You get pressure with your front four, man, you can drop seven back there and make Jimmy try to beat you. I love the way the corners on the outside started off aggressively. As the game went along, they started mixing up their coverages or whatnot, but initially they say, hey, we're going to rush our four. We're going to put pressure on the outside. You'll make some plays early, but eventually we're going to get to you. Yeah, this wasn't. This was the complete opposite of what we've seen the last couple of weeks, whether it was Atlanta or whether it was Tampa Bay, where it seemed like we were kind of playing off and a lot of things were open underneath. The middle was wide open it was really good to see them play more aggressive play a little bit more man and you know when you add Diggs back there and you add him and McDougal and the way Shaquille's been playing all year Trey had a big day so it was great to see them kind of change it up and I don't think the Niners were kind of caught them off guard a little yeah, bit caught them off guard for sure and speaking of Diggs man he made an impact and a lot of I think playing the safety position a lot of your job is just to be in the right place at the right time Keep everything in front of you. That one interception he had, that receiver probably should have caught that football. But if he wasn't coming downhill, if he wasn't doing what he was supposed to do, he wouldn't be in position to make that play. It was nice seeing Diggs bring something to the table. Yeah, that's the that's the that you hit the nail right on the head. If you're in position, things like that happen. People can call it luck, you can call it whatever you want, but like you said, if you're not in position, those plays don't happen. And here's the deal, man. You get your hands on the football, you're doing something right. Yes, sir. Russell Wilson is still the MVP front runner. I, I, I think that's true. 23 touchdowns, two interceptions, but forget the stats. Just the moments, him mm -hmm. driving down the field to win a football game, him throwing a pick in the red zone, defense coming up big, and him not wavering at all, still driving down the field, putting him in field goal position, putting his body on the line. He ran for about 53 yards last mm -hmm. night. Russell Wilson can do it all. No, and like you said, I think that's the most impressive thing. You just watch his demeanor, and when they won the game, that just raw emotion. People yeah. talk about Robot Russ. I didn't see that last night. I saw a guy who's the clear-cut MVP of the NFL, and it, it showed on display in prime time. The only game on TV, so the rest of the nation got to see that Russell is what we think he is. Finally. They got to see it. And they didn't even see his really best statistical right. game. No, they didn't. You know, as far as grit, as far as that having that winner in him, they saw that. But I hope they tune in and check this man out during the rest of the season. 
Seahawks improved to 28-5-1 in prime time. We're always ready for big moments in that show last night. And I think uh, Richard Sherman tried to will his team. Mm -hmm. He tried to will those young guys. Jimmy, when it got tough, he didn't look like the confident, swaggy Jimmy that, that we're used to seeing. He's not used to being in these positions. The Niners grew from that game last night. Yeah, they so did. I think that's what's going to make them dangerous later on. Luckily for the Seahawks, they've been in these moments already. It's nothing. Yeah, no, the Niners for sure. When You you don't know what you don't know. So until you're in those tough positions, until you're you game online, you have to drive down and get the job done. So it'll be, like you said, a huge learning experience for the Niners. And, boy, when we play them to the end of the year, that is going to be something. CenturyLink Field is about to be live because – I mean, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I'm not playing, so I can. <laughs> I'm hoping that's to decide whether you get home field or not. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a playoff game. It's going to be the second playoff game of the regular season because last night had the playoff vibe for sure. All right, we're going to move on to our top performers. you got to talk about Russell Wilson. 24 of 34, 232 yards, one touchdown. And the touchdown that he threw was such a, a witty, confident, trust football he threw to Hollister. Hollister's not even open. Mm-hmm. And Russell has a, has a knack of doing this, throwing the ball to spots and trusting that his guys are going to get there. That's exactly what happened. Hollister had his uh, one-handed catch on the helmet like old boy from the New York Giants in the Super mm-hmm. Bowl. Not as dramatic, but something along those lines. And it's nice to see Hollister get it done as well. Well, you have, you have Russell extending the play, and then he knows, he, he's reading it, he said, that defender has his back to me. Yep. I'm going to throw this where only Jacob Hollister can catch it and, of course, ends up a nice touchdown. And for me, the player of the game, Jadavion Clowney, five tackles, five QB hits, 10 QB pressures, one sack, one forced fumble, one fumble recovery, and one touchdown. This guy, he's been playing well all season. But the average fan looks at his stats and say, uh, you know, what, what has he been doing? But if you watch the game, you watch how he's getting to the quarterback. And he shows some tricks that he didn't show all year. I mean, I, I saw a dip and rip. I saw him line up in a tilt position, jab, and go outside of him. It seems like he's getting more comfortable and his game is evolving. That dude is a man, okay? That dude is a beast among men. There's two times where – one play where he rushed and he put Joe Staley on his back. Yes. Joe Staley's probably going to be a Hall of Fame left tackle in this league. And another time, he gets around Joe, doesn't even get a hand on him. This man was, he as good as the game he had, he could have had four sacks. Easily. He was literally, he was in Garoppolo's face the entire night. And I honestly, I think that was one of the best games I've seen from a defensive lineman in a long time. He may have had, how many sacks did he have? He had one, uh, excuse me. He's credited with Credit one. Credit for one sack. But he's responsible for those other four sets. Mm-hmm. The pressure that he puts back there allows everyone else to work. Man, I love seeing this guy ball out in the middle of the season, right in the thick of things when we need him the most. Next, DK Metcalf has six receptions for 70 yards. And he's just nice and steady. Mm-hmm. Nice and steady. Granted, he did fumble, which we can argue about that all day. Yep. Um, I, I, honestly, sometimes I don't understand what the referees are seeing. He did fumble, but six receptions, 70 yards. The rookie continues just to be that steady hand that they need at that number two receiver spot. Yeah, and obviously you want to protect the ball. Pete Carroll's all about protecting the football, but almost with a fumble like that when some guy, and when he's just giving all he can, yeah. he's stiff-arming guys, he's getting guys off his back, he's giving 100% effort. You know, obviously he'll he'll improve. He'll know at that point in time it's time to just protect the ball and yep. let's go first and go from the five. But I can't get mad at the kid because he is just balling out consistently week after week. Can't blame the man for trying to make a play. 
Next up, Bobby Wags, 11 tackles, one pass defense. They they read a stat before the game that he had like a thousand and three tackles. And I'm sitting, I'm thinking about it. that blew my mind. He has tackled a man <laughs> over a thousand times. And tonight he didn't disappoint either. Eleven tackles, one pass defense. Another steady veteran for you right there. Dude, he's special, man. And I bet you if they had another stat, I bet you his missed tackles would have been like 10. Yeah. The dude, like last year, I think he missed like one tackle. There's a reason this dude is an all-pro every single year, and he's just that veteran leader. And and he was mic'd up during the game. And we got to just a little glimpse into his leadership, man. Like when he talks, people listen, right? When he's getting the defense fired up, like – Big time in the game when Russell throws the pick in overtime and they yeah. run it back to the to the forty five or fifty whatever. There was no room to break right there. They they came out. Obviously the Niners missed the field goal, but Bobby got everyone right away. Like let's go. We need to stop right here and just kind of speak to his leadership. We got the the PG version mic'd up. I want the whole deal. Can I get a pay per view or something? I want to know. That's what I miss about football too, man. Yeah. That conversation, that chatter on the field. I love it, and I love listening to Bobby Wagner speak and rally the troops. Quandre Diggs, we talked about it earlier. Two tackles, one interception, one pass defense, and a couple big hits. That's what I thought this defense was missing at that safety spot. Madugal will come up, he'll get you, but it's just a little different when Quandre comes down and smacks you. Yeah, it was just something about that game. Everyone was hitting, but Quandre, yeah. it was, you know, it's, it felt like it took him a series or two to kind of get back in the flow of things because he hasn't played in a long time. But he was out there thumping, and that's sure. and like you said, that's what you need back there. You need that boom. You need receivers late in the games. Maybe that causes a couple of those drops because you're looking over your shoulder who's coming down here. Maybe you lose focus at the last second because you're trying to get down. So Quandre Diggs is going to be a big help for us this year for sure. Quandre loving it, and I think he's going to help with the development of Blair as well. Yeah. So there we go. Okay, receiver roundup. We talked about it a little bit. DK Metcalf has six catches, 70 yards. Jacob Hollister, the tight end, the starting tight end as of now with mm-hmm. Luke getting his injury. Eight, uh, excuse me, eight receptions, 62 yards, one touchdown. Malik Turner. Man, I love this kid. That run after catch was impressive. I don't think people realize how hard it is to run with the football in your hands in the NFL. These are the fastest, greatest athletes in the NFL for a youngster like Malik Turner to come up with a huge catch. It was a, not only the catch, it was when it happened. It was a drive. It, granted, it didn't, the drive didn't end the way that we wanted to, right. but um, he kept the momentum going and, and kept the play alive. It was third and 18. 18. It was third and 18. I don't have a play for that, Coach. I don't have a play for oh that. Oh, my God. And you're just thinking Russell does his thing and he finds Malik. And that's the thing about all these guys is when they've been called upon, they've all delivered at certain times this year, whether it's Malik, whether it's Jerome Brown, whether it's David Moore. And we didn't, we're didn't. we about to touch on it next, Josh Gordon. Josh Gordon, two catches, 27 yards. I was on a morning show last week, and they said, what do you expect out of Josh Gordon? I said, hey, three catches, 30 yards. They called me crazy. They called me crazy. Right there, man. Hey, but we talked to Pete earlier. They said they isoed him. They knew they were going to get one-on-one coverage on the backside of trips. Man, he ran a slant, and what I loved about the way he caught the ball is he went and grabbed it out the air and looked so smooth doing it. it. It didn't look hard at all. No, he's. you can tell the type of athlete. You can tell why Pete Carroll, Brian Schottenheimer, this whole staff fell in love with this guy. And, and that was just his first game. He There is no way, no way he has the playbook down at this point. And great, you have a bye week, another week to kind of study up, stay healthy. So I'm expecting big things from Josh Gordon. Big things, especially after this. Tyler Lockett, three catches, 26 yards. He's a little banged up. So if they can trust in Josh Gordon and get it done for a week without, if need be, I think they're good to go. Tyler Lockett. Three for 26, like mentioned, missed him. You could feel it was a little different towards the end of the ball game. Uh, Russ didn't have that that go-to guy mm-hmm. that you know that he can trust right now. He had to spread it out a little bit, which will help 
the receivers and their overall development, but you can never replace a guy like Tyler Lockett. Not at all. I mean, Tyler, I mean, yeah, you could tell it in – Bummed me out a little bit is when when you notice he wasn't on kickoff return. You're like, yeah. okay, and then he wasn't out for the first play of overtime. You're like, shoot, okay, and then they show him on the sideline. And when he was, you could just kind of see the look in his eye. So Tyler's one of the great dudes in that locker room. Um, get healthy. We need you. Um, hopefully it looks good. I'm going to be the optimism. It's going to be great to have this bye week to get him ready because we're definitely going to need him down this stretch run. Going to need him. Finally, Chris Carson had three catches for 12 yards with a long of five. Just a little check downs. Whenever you need a check down, you throw to Chris, you know he's going to run over at least one guy mm-hmm. and, uh, and pick up a first down for you. So now we're going to shift over to the coach's corner here. We're going to break down. Jaron Reed strips Jimmy G. Clowney picks up the fumble and runs it back for a touchdown. That happened with 251 in the second quarter. Coleman empties out to the right side wide. Empty backfield for Garoppolo, who stands strong. Gets hit. Ball is out. Ball is picked up. Clowney goes the other way. He's in. Touchdown. Seahawks. Garoppolo fumbles the ball. Reed forces it with a sack. Strips the ball. And Clowney, I hope he's got in his contract money for points. His second touchdown on the season. A fumble recovery for a touch. And the Seahawks are within a point away of only trailing the Niners by three. Yeah, when you look at this play, it all starts with the stunt. They got a stunt by Reed and Puna. Granted, Puna played a, a great game as well. Mm-hmm. We didn't mention him. But it all starts with that stunt. That stunt confuses the guard and the center, forces them to communicate. At the same time, Jadavion Clowney is doing his thing on the outside. He bull rushes, gets outside, gets around that corner. Reed gets a body on him, and guess what? When you hustle, when you're at the right place at the right time, good things happen. Clowney scoops and scores. That's his second touchdown of the year from a D-lineman. That's pretty hard to do. No, it's wild, and that's the thing, and that, and this is what we expected from the D-line. Obviously, we know uh, it was kind of a slow start for them, but when you got Reed back, you got Quentin Jefferson back, you got Clowney, you got Anta, you got all those guys up front, this is what everyone thought we were going to get, and it's great to see that all come together. Watching them last night looked like they played together for 10 years, man. Yep. That group with Puna Ford included, they're going to do some big things, and the league is now on notice. They are on notice. And it takes time. Sometimes it's like that. You know, halfway through the season, Reed is in his third or fourth game. Uh, Davis finally getting the defense down. Puna's back. So it's it, it, it all looks like it's coming together at the right time. So love to see that. To close it out, the best thing we saw, the Seahawks are 8-2 and and just a half a game behind the 49ers for the best record in the NFL. That's wild. That I mean, people, all the negativity we've heard this season, it has been overwhelming. And every week we get on this podcast, we try to remind you guys, hey, the Seahawks are still 5-2. and two. The yeah. Seahawks are 6-2. and two. The Seahawks are 7-2. and two. The Seahawks are 8-2, and two, half game out. They control their own destiny at this point. And, that's the, and that is a crazy thing. If you would have told me that at the beginning of the year, of course I would sign up for that every single day and twice on Sunday. And, wow, 8-2, and two, baby. With last night's win, the Seahawks put themselves in position to compete for the division title, which is crucial. When's the last time uh, we won a Super Bowl here, Nass? Uh, that was the 2013 season. Did, did we have home home field advantage, Nass? Sure did. So we got to win. We got to win division. We got to. Every time we've been in the Super Bowl, 05, 13, and 14, we won our division, and we got home field. Make teams come to CenturyLink and win in January. That's a hard thing to do. Hard thing to do. 
The bye could not have come at a better time. The Seahawks can heal up and get ready for the Eagles in prime time. Carson's banged up. Locke is banged up. Russell looked like he was banged up a little bit. That defensive line better be banged up because they were <laughs> they were getting after those boys. So I love the timing. It's all working out. It's like the football guys are just shining down on the Hawks right now. Bless us with a bye week. Oh, yeah. Everyone's bye week could not have come. It didn't come too early. came right when the guys need to get healthy. Perfect time. We always play better in November and December, so this is great. Guys can get off their feet, come back ready to go, and let's see what we can do the rest of the way. There it is, folks. The Seahawks beat the once undefeated, now once defeated Big Up Rays for that mm-hmm. one, 27-24 in overtime. That was Hawk Talk Recap Edition. I'm your host, Michael Bumbus, along with NASA Chubby, Big Up Ray Roberts. We will see you next time.